0: bass tones are working. (laughs) Just fine. Hey, good morning, church. How are you today? Yeah, good. All right. Like five of you are... Doing good and awake. I'm glad. Hey, we're walking through this series, and we're in the book of John, chapter 6. So if you have your Bible with you, open up to John 6. If you're uh, kind of more tech interested, uh, use your Bible app, whatever you want to use to get there. We'll put some of the things on the screen, but uh, like we always say, just interacting with God's Word, there's something different about that than looking at a screen. So we always encourage you that route as well. And we're going to look at this passage that continues the story we've actually dialed into the last couple weeks and we're continuing a series this week called when i am. And last week we said when i'm terrified. And we just talked about like living that life of fear and that terrified life and how God wants to speak into that life because that's not where he wants us to dwell. Monday morning after that sermon i was uh, i was at the gym and we were doing this workout that i was hating and one of the ladies who, who goes to church here was actually working out at the same time. And as she finished way before me, and I think she had time for breakfast and to hang out, and then she was waiting for me to finish. And uh, she looked over and she said, don't be terrified. So <laughs> why don't you just shut up and go somewhere and <laughs> let me work out here. Um, I hope that connected with you. If you didn't get to hear that, uh, we put them all online. So just look at windoverhills.org and you'll be able to, to look at some of that. Uh, but... This week, we're talking about a life of when I am challenged. Anybody out there, like, love to be challenged? Like, you just live for it to be challenged when somebody challenges you. Now, we get challenged in different ways. Sometimes people challenge us, and they look at us and say, hey, I know there's more in you. You can do this. You know, I believe in you. And they kind of, like, rise us up and find the best in us. That's being challenged, right? Sometimes people challenge us in other ways, like we go out and we do something, we're like, yeah, I feel really good about that, that was pretty awesome, and somebody comes back and goes, yeah, it was terrible. So you should do it this way. That's another form of being challenged. Um, I kind of like to be challenged, but I like to be challenged in the way I like to be challenged. Uh, Not always in the way I like the person who wants to challenge me uh, chooses. Well, this morning we're going to talk about when you're challenged, what is, what is it like in life? Now, we're challenged in a number of different ways in our, our life, and we just hit a new year, right? January 1st, which meant a lot of you self-challenged, right? You decided, I need to do this this year, and so I'm going to now make this goal of whatever, fill in the blank. How's that going for you? Is it going pretty well? <laughs> I didn't hear any of those big hurrahs that I just heard a, a few minutes ago. It's hard. Being challenged, even if you challenge yourself, is tough. Usually, when we're challenged or if we challenge ourselves, there's some pretty challenging material that goes with it. Often it causes a challenging change in our life as well. So we're going to take a look at this passage here where Jesus really, he is challenging his disciples, his followers, and he even says some really hard things we're going to take a look at this. So let me read the overview passage. There's some other components of this story that won't show up in your notes this morning, uh, but they're just as significant. So if you have your Bible, you can look at them. I'm going to highlight a couple of them. Um, Even better, if you would go home and in your own devotion times, we encourage you every day, get in God's word, find a comfortable spot, find a nice chair, same time every day and just get in God's word. This would be a good passage to look before and after the story we're talking about this morning. In your devotion time this week. So if you have your, your Bible, take a look at it. If you got in here without sermon notes uh, as well, uh, we want to make sure you have some sermon notes. <laughs> so you didn't even wait for me, Chris. I knew. I knew, Chris. I knew. Oh, uh, just slip up your hand and, uh, uh, and Misty's going to come blitzing through here and, and she'll get you these if you want uh, these, these notes uh, as well. It uh, could be important for you. So John chapter 6, uh, starting in verse 60, let's take a look at this. Many of his disciples said, this is very hard understanding. How can anyone accept it? Let me just pause right there, because um, if you're awake still, you would say, well, what? What is he talking about there? What is the challenging or the hard understanding? We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes here, what, is, what the context of that is. This is hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining so he said to them, you ever complain? I mean, does that, does that affect you ever? <laughs> yeah, next week we'll be talking about lying. <laughs> and a few of you head nodders need to pay attention, especially. Jesus was aware they were complaining. He said to them, does this offend you? Then what will you do if the Son of Man ascends to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. But some of you do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, That is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. 66. At this point, many of the disciples turned away and deserted him. Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you going to leave too? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Now, if you've read the passage just before this, you'll know in between the story we talked about last week and this, there's this section of scripture where Jesus declares himself the bread of life. Now, it sounds like a a pretty neat story, and if we just read the bread of life part, it is. But then it gets a little weird. The disciples are responding to this speech Jesus has given them as they say this is hard to understand. This morning, I want to let you know they're being challenged. And they're being challenged, really, as followers of Christ. They're being challenged in a couple different ways. In fact, I think God still challenges us. In fact, I think God challenges us in our Christian faith every single day. For some of you here, the challenge that God is putting before you is to surrender self-will, and it's to declare a life in Jesus Christ. To to say, I'm going to, for the first time, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to declare myself Christian. That might be the challenge he's put before you. But for many others of you who call yourself Christians, you call yourself disciples already, I believe God has a challenge that's very similar to the three he places on These disciples this morning. So let's just jump into it, right? Number one, there is he challenges them with new understandings. New understanding. That's what he's doing here. They come at this with a certain understanding, and Jesus is kind of challenging that and giving them a new understanding. If you look back in John chapter 6, verse 28 and 29, that's the section in between last week's and this week's, there's this phrase, Or this little dialogue, we should say. It says, they replied, they being the disciples, the followers, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Now, that sounds really good, right? I mean, the disciples are saying to Jesus, we want to do what you do. We want to do God's work as well. What should we do? And Jesus comes back and he says this, verse 29, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. And so, his closest followers here are his, this group of followers, they're called disciples. He's saying to them, You don't quite get it. I, I appreciate that you want to do the works of the Father, but the number one work that God wants you to do, the number one thing He would have you do, is to believe, it's to embed yourself in, in the belief in the one He has sent. Now, who is the one he sent? Jesus himself. Like, Jesus is standing in front of them, and he said, look, there is a core of this belief system that you've got to understand, and that is that God sent his son into the world for the world, and you've got to own that. You've got to buy into that, connect with that. You've got to let that just, like, work through every component of your life. That's the number one thing, is what Jesus is saying. Because this is a new understanding for these, for these Jewish people here, these Jewish followers of Jesus. It's new, and it's, it's kind of hard. They, they hadn't heard it put in this context before. In fact, we've talked about the Pharisees many times in this series of John. If you could boil the Pharisees down, you would boil down to the understanding that this group of religious leaders so valued the law that if you would just follow the components of the law, then you were okay, whether you've believed in it or not, maybe even whether you believed in a deep understanding of God or not, follow the components of the law. And Jesus is declaring to them, you need to make sure you understand who I am and why God sent me. This is a new understanding for them, and it's challenging. He challenges their previous understanding here. Now, who are these people he's talking to? Um, Not just the 12 not just the closest followers. There's this, a Greek word for disciple. Methetis is the word, and it really means pupil or follower. That's what a disciple is. There's another word for apostle that we use often, and we say the 12 apostles, and that word actually means emissary. It means like you're sent out on a mission. Usually we think about it in diplomatic terms, right? These are disciples, and it's an important word that Jesus actually chooses and uses to say, this is my followers. At this this moment, what I've called you to do is to be close to me and to learn from me. And then we find these couple instances, especially in Matthew chapter 10, where he takes disciple and then he declares them apostle and he sends them out to do the work of the kingdom. You might be sitting here this morning and say, I wonder which I am disciple apostle jump into the end of this book you can go ahead and read ahead we're going to get there eventually but john chapter 17 we actually find that what jesus tells his apostles he says go out and like i want anyone eventually who believes in me anyone who calls themselves a christian to eventually be called apostle because they're going to be sent out as well to do the work of the kingdom." So this is new understanding for them, and he's speaking to all of his followers here, this big group that's with him, anyone who would declare themselves a pupil of Jesus, a follower, and these are challenging things, and he's challenged also to say that this spiritual life, this comes from God, and it is is spiritual. It's not simply the works that you do, though we know that works follow the spiritual connection, but he's saying this is a spiritual connection with who God is and what he's about. And this is a new understanding. In fact, he's saying in a way, this simple human effort is not enough. This, it, this doesn't match up with who God is, simple human effort. If we believe that, then there's a lot of great people who do a lot of great things in our world for a long time and yet didn't know Christ as our Savior, didn't know God at all. Jesus is saying the core, the beginning of this belief is knowing Jesus Christ. This is a new understanding, and it it challenges them, challenges who they are. I think for many of us, understanding who Jesus is and what Jesus might build into us or call us to, that's the stifling point in our spiritual journey. Like, that's the point where we're like, huh? I don't know. I mean, I know I should treat people well, and I, you know, I know I should probably wave at my neighbor, and you know, if somebody is in need on the highway, I probably should stop and you know, help them change a tire. And I know I should do all that stuff, but there's this core thing missing: this understanding of who Jesus is, why God sent Jesus to Earth, and how I might be a part of that whole thing. This is kind of new, radical thinking to them, and I wonder for us today, since we don't have. Christ the same way in front of us talking we've got his words here surely he said many more things that aren't written down like how do we how do we understand this and get this well we say often it's right here in this great love letter God has sent us we learn about Christ we learn about who he is we learn about what he has to offer our life Here's what the book of Acts says about a certain group. It says, and the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. They listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if what Paul and Silas were teaching were the truth. We find this group, they hear about Jesus, Paul and Silas are teaching it, and they go to God's word, and they open up God's word, and they start to read and they start to learn about who God is, about the one he sent as well. Of course, they were reading about the one he would send, and that's what they find here. As The opportunities open up to us, to be in God's word every day, and to have these new understandings, the new understanding of who God is, what he's about. Listen, if if most of what you know about God or about Christ is from pop culture, maybe from your TV, maybe it shows up in songs, you know, Jesus take the wheel. You know, that's a nice phrase. I think there's some truth in it there. But if that's the component of your Christian theology and your understanding, then just like Jesus is saying here, like we're, we would be missing who God is and why he sent his son. There's this new understanding. Here's the problem with it. When we start to investigate a new understanding and a deeper understanding of who God is and who Christ is, He will challenge you to be a different person. He will challenge you to think in a different way. Can I just share you, honestly, with you on on this? About five years ago or so, I came to a realization that I had some racial thinking. Now, I was way too smart to ever say those things, you know, because I would say, I, I knew it's not proper to ever say things out loud, because you know that would really show I've, I've you know got some racist tendencies, but I found myself somehow for some reason little things would sneak into my head whether they were racial related, socio economic related, and I had formed some form of conclusion before I might have known somebody or interact with somebody. Now, uh, granted, I'm I'm 45, almost 45 now. Um, So I was somewhere around 40 years old then. So I'd lived about 40 years of my life and it never dawned on me that this had snuck its way in in my life. But it was true. If I looked across the room, a street, there was just this formed thought, read a headline, there was a knee-jerk side place that I jumped on. And you know what I did? I took it to God and I said, God, I, I don't really know what to make of that. I don't know what to do with that. So, I'm just going to kind of go to you and I'm going to process with you on this. Can I just tell you, like, first of all, what God often does, and here's the challenge of new understandings God will raise those dark areas to the surface and you got to look at them. And I thought, man, Tom, how, how is it that you would allow that? You love people, you love interacting with all people. How in the world would you allow those little things that would, anyway, stifle the opportunity for deeper relationship or deeper ministry or those type of things? And I wrestled, and God started to transform me. You know, now like that thinking is different because of God bringing this thing. I needed to understand that Tom that that having racial tendencies is not just what you say out loud; it's how you process and how you think and how you knee jerk. And God worked on me and transformed me. That's the challenge of new understandings. Christ will look at you and say, I want to change you. I want to change you. If you're a guy here that your tendency is just anger, like that would be your knee jerk. In fact, you think you actually get more results in your life when you start to raise your voice or, you know, pound the foot and those type of things, whether it's family or work or whatever it is. You, you get going with new understandings with Christ, and guess what? He is gonna be in your face challenging you in that. He's gonna challenge you and change you. Here's the second thing we learn in this passage is um, we're challenged by hard things, hard things. Anybody start a diet this year? New diet? Yeah, I know, you don't wanna raise your hand on that. You know, I don't either because I've already blown it. It's already done, you know? Um, yeah, new diets are hard, they stink. They're terrible, right? I mean, I love all the little fun taglines about it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. You know, it's just as hard, right? It's hard. We are challenged by hard things. Seems like a dust statement, but understanding if it's something that, that it is really easy for you, listen, you're not challenged at all. If you like to play the, like, the easiest setting on your video games or your games, you know, because I can get through 20 levels, you know, you're not being challenged at all in any way. Now, I'm not, I don't know what video game challenging does for us and how it translates in our life. But the same type of thing occurs. Sometimes in life, we don't want to be challenged or we don't want to be challenged by anything hard. We'd rather it be easy. And then we can say we accomplished something. Well, let me tell you, in this passage, we understand that they are being challenged by tough things here. They say this, uh, as we we just read, how can anyone understand what you're saying? How can anyone buy into this, Lord? Here's some of the stuff he's saying, John chapter 6, 53 through 55. So Jesus said again, because he's having to reiterate with his followers, I tell you the truth, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, do you need to read any more? I mean, if I'm standing before you, right, and I'm trying to have you kind of follow Windover Hills Church and, and be a part, and I said, you know, you just need to you just need to eat the flesh of Windover Hills. You now, drink the blood. I mean, that's about all you need to know, right? This is the last service you will ever attend at this church. This is what Jesus is speaking into his followers here. Let's read on. You cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. This is hard to understand. Now, we need to put a little bit of in context for us, just so we understand the Jewish culture. If you know anything about the Old Testament and the sacrificial system and what they grew up with and what they understood for hundreds of years, you would know that the sacrifice of an animal, the sacrifice of the body of the animal and then the cutting of the animal for the spilling of the blood was very significant in their religious ritual there. It had significant meanings there as well. So just going out into the field and getting the blood of an animal and bringing it back, that wasn't good enough. You needed to bring the whole animal. So you had the body of the animal, and then you had the blood of the animal, and they symbolized different things. The animal symbolized the, just the, the body and the wholeness, and the blood symbolized the covering over from the, from the days of the Passover, specifically covering over of sin, and so these were powerful symbols here. But Jesus now is taking it and he's speaking to his followers and he's putting it on himself. And I just wonder as they're sitting there listening to it, were they were they listening going like, what is he talking about? Did, like is there some reference to, to the lamb? Is that what he's is there some reference to this? he's talking about the sacrificial system? No, he couldn't be talking about that. I mean, he's talking about himself. This this is just very, very awkward to understand because it feels like they're processing and they just can't get there and can't understand and, and they certainly can't accept what he's saying here. Uh, these are just hard things. It actually became an idiom in Jewish culture that body and blood, those two phrases, the body and blood in Jewish culture meant all of me. So that if I said, you know, I'm in, my body and blood, I'm in, it would signify all of me. But there's a little debate between spi- uh, uh, biblical scholars whether this originated before the days of Jesus or if this came out of the days of Jesus as well whether, when this became a, a popular phrase or an idiom in Jewish culture. All of me, body and the blood. Jesus saying here to them, look, I am now your sacrificial lamb, you know, I'm the one God sent now, once and for all, you know, so buy into me fully, and that's hard. You know what hard things do to us sometimes, I think? They have to me. They deflate us, do they not? Sometimes hard things will deflate us, because we look and go, man, that's just hard, I just don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Listen, if you're sitting here this morning, if you're listening on our live stream this morning, and you're having a difficult marital situation, I mean, like the separation is so strong, whether you're in the same house or not in the same house, and the, the, the chasm seems so wide that you would say, I don't understand how we could ever come back together and have that type of a relationship that we felt like we were going to have when we walked down the aisle. You understand. You understand how challenging hard things are. And how deflating they can be. And sometimes that deflation just leads us to say, not even worth it. I don't even think I can accomplish that. And we just walk away from whatever challenge that is. If you remember me just reading that passage, you'll know a lot of the disciples did the same. They had been following. This was just too much for them. This was just too much to understand. It's too much to grab hold of. It's too much to buy into. And so they walked away from them because these can be deflating. The disciples, I mean, they're perplexed. Maybe they're even crushed. And Jesus, I mean, he's talking to his followers here. And guess what? I think he does the same thing to us today, that he challenged us with hard, hard things because he believes we can overcome through him. Do you believe that this morning? I mean, I wonder, I wonder how much of us like really buy into that and believe it. It's in our songs, it's in our slogans, it's in our little things we post on Facebook and Instagram and those things like that. But like when it gets hard, like do we really grab and own the power of Christ and what he has to bring to my life? I can get through this. I can make this. There's this wonderful passage in, in Isaiah chapter 40 And it says, "This have you not heard? Have you not uh, never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the Creator of the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of His understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become tired and weary, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles." They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Do you need to own that passage this morning? I mean, do you read that passage and go like, that so does not describe who I am. Like I've been challenged in my life. I face challenges every day. there They're hard things pressing in around me. And I feel defeated, tired. And I'm ready to faint every day. And this passage is saying, those who hope in the Lord will renew that strength And that's what Jesus is challenging them with today. He's challenging his closest followers with, that if you would stay invested in me and connected with me, that I am the source of what God has to offer your life. Here finally, uh, we're challenged by new direction. New direction in our life. Now, when we first moved to uh, this state, we got involved in uh, Taekwondo, the whole family, Uh, got in taekwondo started with with my son first and and then um i want to say it's because it looks so fun i thought maybe i would do it too but it was more that i was looking at my scale at my house and said i need some activity and so we all joined and signed up um but it was a little ways away actually further down south from the church here than where we were living and uh and I didn't know the area very well, so we would get on a side street, and we'd come all the way down the side street, and we'd stop light after light after light after light all the way down till we got to Wendover, and then light after light till we got to the place. And we just took that route for several months because that's what I knew. I didn't realize I was living like right next door to the freeway that came straight to Wendover, and you would avoid those 10 or 12 lights that I was coming down on the side. I just didn't know, I didn't know. So guess what happened when I learned that? New route, new direction. Never once again did we go down those side streets because it was just simply a better route to go that way. It could be as simple as that this morning, that what Jesus really wants to speak into your life as he was his followers here is, I've got a new direction for your life, new roadmap, new way, entirely for you and so as he's speaking to his followers here this is what he declares to them in chapter 6 verse 57 I live because of the living father who sent me in the same way anyone who feeds on me will live because of me he says look this is a this might be a new way for you to to plug in and live your life that I live because God sent me you live because you plug into me do you connect with me? You're one of my followers, my disciples. Later, many of these, his apostles. That's a new direction for your life entirely. Some of these guys, like, you know the story. Like, he went up to them and he said, hey, so-and-so, John, Peter, follow me. And several moments in scripture, it says, immediately they left their life and they followed him. New direction, entirely for their life. Jesus is saying that here to this large group of followers here. I wanna offer you a new direction for your life. I want you to plug into me and follow me because it is the Father who sent me. And if you would do that, I'm gonna open up your eyes to amazing things. Why don't we take new direction sometimes in our life? Well, new direction isn't familiar, right? We gotta learn something entirely new. Have you ever had somebody in your life who you said, Why do you do it that way? That's like a hard way to do it. There's an easier way to do it. And they don't take you up on their advice at all? Yeah. Like some of you are looking to like your parents and your parents are looking to you. I don't know what's going on there in that dynamic. But yeah, it's not familiar, new directions at times. So we don't take them. Sometimes new direction is not as easier, even though we know it's the better route to go in our life. We want to take the easy route Instead, sometimes we're not even totally sure where we might end up. Do you know that sometimes Christ even calls us and we're not totally sure the path he's going to put us on and what might be out in front of us. We have this passage in the Old Testament where Jesus comes to Abraham, or excuse me, God comes to Abraham, and he says to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, your fathers, family, and go to the land that I will show you. Just... Get up and go, and i 'll show you where you 're going along the way. Any of you ever taken a vacation that way? you just get up and and go and you know hope that somebody in the car will tell you where you 're going and we don 't ever do that. Do you ever open up your wallet and start to pay for something and and somebody says, hey i 'll just tell you what you 're paying for you know once you 've forked over the money you'll you 'll be good we don 't function that way, and yet here he 's saying. Just leave your country, your relatives. I'll tell you where you're going. Jesus is saying, look, I've got this great new direction for your life, this great new journey to have you on if you would plug into me instead. And I don't know about you, but it is so easy in our life to get plugged into my pursuit of my occupation, pursuit of my relationships. Now, at at my age, plugging into the things that my my kids have interest in and those things that I would say they're they're opportunities for them, so we need to kind of invest in those. It's so easy to plug into that, and they become the direction of my life. And Jesus is reminding us here, telling us, no, plugging into him is still this way. In fact, as we get to this point, it would seem what he is saying to them is like the Jewish idiom. I'll take all of you. Like, give me every bit of you. And if I wonder in listening to this, if they understood if this wasn't part of the reason they said, We're out. Many disciples, we're out. I mean, this has been good plugging in, coming, and it's been nice. But, like, all of me? That's a lot that you're asking, Jesus. We're out. And it said many of them turned away. Jesus reminding us the passage in John ten ten the thief comes to only still killing the story that I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. That's this new direction he's offering in his life, and as if he's saying, you know we just we just don't get there with partiality. We get there being all in. The takeaway, and this is just for you to wrestle with this morning, and to process is the same question Jesus turns to his remaining followers, those that didn't get up and leave when things got hard. They didn't leave when he needed to process new things to understand, or they didn't leave when he shared hard things with them. And they didn't leave when he directed them in a new way, a new direction. He turned to those that stayed and he said this question, Are you also going to leave? Are you also, are you thinking about this? Are you really thinking about what this is going to cost your life to follow me? Because as I told you earlier, when we start to follow Christ, he wants to transform us into something amazing. And sometimes that's hard and difficult. (coughs) I want to spend just a moment uh, praying with you. And I wonder if you just haven't ever taken a time or if it's been a long time where you've just stopped and said, Lord, challenge me. David in the Old Testament said to God, if there be any wicked way, if there be any off way in me, God, would you deal with me on it? And I wonder if you would take that moment to just go before God. So would you bow and pray with me? Father, we thank you that you're a God of challenge. And Father, if I'm honest, I don't always like it. Sometimes I would prefer you challenge me in other ways and make it quite simpler and easier, but you're a God who loves me so much, and you want to transform me and build me into what you've designed me to be. You want me to be a part of your mission and what you've created and sent your son to do. And so, Lord, I just want to ask now that you would build that in me personally, Lord, that you would challenge me. Lord, if there be any additional way, like I shared with earlier, that I need a new understanding of who I am in You and what You have to offer and where You're leading me, I, I Lord, I want it. I want to know that new understanding. I pray You'd, uh, You'd echo that with me, congregation, as well. Send your own prayer up, Father. I want to, I want You to show me and reveal to me if You've been saying hard things and I've just been turning my head to it, or been just trying to stick that to the side and avoid that. Congregation, is that you this morning? Is there anything that you've been dealing with that's just hard and you've been looking for the door? You've been looking to to run from it. You might have even declared it was going to be hard before you got into it. You knew it was going to be hard. But now that you're into it, it it just is not fun. And you'd like to figure out a way for it all to go away. And God is saying, no, I'm trying to re- refine you and change you and build you into something. I'm trying to restore your marriage. I'm trying to restore these relationships. I'm trying to like, bring you back into to a life that loves people and cares for people. I'm trying to get you on that path of, of being a great steward with your finances and your resources. Um, and these things are all Hard. And maybe you're looking to bail. Finally, maybe you're like, hey, I've walked through those. I've walked through those hard understandings and, and those, those hard things. And God has sent me on a new direction in my life. And, and maybe this morning you're just standing at the forefront of a new direction God has called you in. Maybe if you're this morning it's just surrendering your heart and saying, Lord, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. You've never done that. For others of you, it may just be God is saying to you, time to step out and serve a neighbor, time to be a part of a ministry, time to launch something, time to get into your word, time to whatever. There's a new direction He has for your life. I just pray this morning that it would just be resounding for all of us, myself included. Just, yes, Lord, yeah, I'm willing. Send me that way. You, you don't even need to give me all the details. I trust you, Lord. So this morning, would you go with the the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to overcome and to live new? We pray it in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Well, Lord bless you. Um, Next week, we're going to continue, and and we're going to talk about this when I am, but we're going to throw a unique one out there. When I am found out. Have you ever been found out, caught? something and you just it's just like the gig is up you blew it you know it and you just got caught we're going to talk about that walk through god's word so it should be another challenging uh, time to be in god's word so pray you would come a great sunday to bring somebody with you as well uh, next week we're going to invite our our ushers to go ahead and come and take up our our morning uh, tithes and offerings Uh, we give some envelopes if that's a convenient route for you but uh, we also use our online giving as well which has been kind of our most dominant way of giving and so